Hi there, and thanks for checking out another episode of Conversations with Father Greg. In this episode, we have a homily for Sunday, January 9th, 2022, in which we celebrate the baptism of the Lord. Let's begin with a reading from the Gospel of Luke. Luke writes, As the people were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them, saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized, and was praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved, with you I am well pleased. The Gospel of Christ May I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, hi there, everyone. Today we celebrate the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord. We have a reading from Luke's Gospel describing the work of Jesus' cousin John. Like many of Israel's ancient prophets, John was an outspoken critic of much of what he saw in the culture around him. He predicted the arrival of an apocalyptic end to that evil, and that God would usher in a new way of doing things. In this new world, John predicted that people would live forever in love, peace, justice, mutual support, freedom, and dignity. John called people to seek forgiveness for their sins and to be baptized in order to be a part of this coming new world. John was also very clear, however, that he was not the one that would be bringing about this change. John's job was not to be the agent of change, but rather to announce that it was about to happen. To put it in modern terms, John is not the feature film, but rather the movie trailer designed to whet our appetites for what we're about to see happen. Let's take a moment to consider what John was actually doing. Through his preaching, he called people to live out their faith with integrity. And he was baptizing people in the River Jordan. But baptism was not particularly unique. For centuries, Jewish people had been using ritual baths as a way of ceremonially cleansing themselves on the way to the temple. These ritual baths were found in people's homes, but they were also publicly accessible throughout Jerusalem so that people could cleanse themselves on the way to the temple. The purpose was to provide a way for faithful people to observe ritual purity laws before entering God's presence in the temple. So when John was baptizing people, he wasn't doing something that was entirely new. He was simply putting a new twist on something that would have already been familiar. There's a very real sense in which he was calling people to cleanse themselves spiritually in God's presence. 
Let's not forget where John was performing these baptisms, in the River Jordan. Those who wanted to participate in what John was doing would have had to leave Jerusalem and the temple and seek John out in the countryside. Being baptized by John in the River Jordan, well, it wasn't convenient. And I don't think that was by accident. People would have to symbolically turn their back on what was going on in the religious capital of Jerusalem and seek John out. But notice, John wasn't asking people to give up their lives and become hermits living in the wilderness. After they were baptized in the Jordan, people returned to their lives, hopefully having had some kind of spiritual awakening. John used both his preaching and baptism to challenge people to examine how they were engaging with God, with their faith, and with other people. Baptism was not an end in itself. It was not something to simply tick off a list. According to John, it was a call to live out one's faith with integrity. It's also worth noting that baptism was never a private thing done in secrecy. It was always done publicly in front of witnesses for the whole world to see. And this is where Jesus enters the story. Let's not forget that John referred to Jesus as the one who was much greater than he was. John was pretty clear about his expectations. He knew that Jesus would outshine anything that he ever did. Jesus was the Messiah, not John. And this is the point at which Jesus arrived, was baptized, and a voice proclaimed him to be the Son of God. John's predictions about the one who was greater than him were proven true. After being baptized, Jesus set out in his public ministry. Jesus spent the remainder of his life countering the brokenness and corruption of the old ways. Jesus also became the catalyst that would bring about the kingdom of God and would leave the Holy Spirit to empower the community to continue to witness to that new kingdom after Jesus' ascension. Put simply, after his baptism, Jesus went back into the world and modeled what John was talking about. He made it clear that God was not confined to the temple courtyards. Jesus' presence made faith a living, breathing way of life that actually lived where people of faith lived. And he called others, like us, to do likewise. Faith was no longer static, confined to a specific location, but rather became a dynamic way of interacting with the world around us. But what does this story have for you and I today? Well, first of all, John the Baptist can serve as a kind of example for modern people of faith. That does not mean that we have to wander off and live in the wilderness someplace like John did. We don't have to live our lives or practice our faith in exactly the same way that John did. But it does confront us with questions about the kinds of things that God might be calling us to do right where we already are. We are called to make our own faith lives 
our own, living into our faith fully. There's a very real sense in which John the Baptist challenges us to help point others towards God. John the Baptist spent his entire adult public life drawing attention to what God was doing in the world. In turn, his life invites us to examine the kinds of things that we do to help draw other people's attention to what God is doing in the world, in our communities, and in our lives. The story of Jesus' baptism also invites us to examine our own thinking and practice around baptism. Baptism was never meant to be an isolated incident, and, God forbid, that baptism ever become the end of our faith story. It's the beginning. Think about the vows that we make at baptism. We promise to renounce all that is wrong in the world, to turn to Jesus Christ as the Son of God, and to commit to following his teachings. When parents bring their children to the font for baptism, they make public vows to teach their children the Christian faith and to encourage them to live that faith out in their daily lives. Those that are older make those vows for themselves. And those of us who witness these vows have an opportunity to renew our own baptismal vows, revitalizing our commitment to seek out ways to live out our faith in our daily lives. A significant part of this story invites us to consider how we, as people of faith, attempt to draw closer and closer to God. Are we more compassionate and forgiving to others? Do we attempt to share the light of Christ with those who need it most, spiritually, physically, or financially? Does our faith motivate us to affect changes in our community, our nation, or the world? These are all ways that we can seek to live out our faith in the world beyond our physical church buildings. Whenever we celebrate baptism, we welcome people into fuller participation in the life of Christ. For the person being baptized, and for us, the walls of a church building can never confine that sense of fuller expectation. If our faith is to be in any way authentic, it must spill out into our daily lives. The baptismal font is not only the way in which we enter deeper into participation in the church, the font also becomes the doorway through which we live out the faith of our baptism in the world. Let's pray. God of glory, immerse us in your grace, mark us with your image, and raise us to live our baptismal vows so that, empowered by the Holy Spirit, we may follow the example of Christ, your beloved, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen.